This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm John Champion, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time, over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcast.roddenberry.com for you to choose from science, feminism, even daily news, and all stops in between. Boldly go and find us. When you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcast.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Welcome back to another review of The Fast and the Furious. This week we're doing Too Fast, Too Furious. Paul, can't wait to hear all about it. I didn't realize you were going to watch that movie because I know I certainly haven't as yet. I haven't watched it, but I, I know all about it. I'm familiar with The Fast and the Furious universe. I, I was ready this week for, for the second movie. Is it is it not on the cards? I, I hate to disappoint you. I could tell by your face. Right, you shut, 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 shut this episode down. Shut it down. <laughs> see how excited you were from the start all, all day i've been thinking about oh, i can't wait for paul to talk to me about too fast too furious see how it compares to the first movie for him i'll put it, it i'll put it on the list for this weekend i feel like i feel like i've let the team down but i felt like there's like 100 movies i can't do like you know one each week of them that's true that's true no, there's, a, there's, a, there's, only, there's only eight i've learned that much there's only eight right <laughs> there's eight there's eight eight um eight movies f9's been delayed whole- F9's been delayed, plus Hobbs and Shaw, so you could really count that as a nine, but that's, you know, getting technical. Anyway, Paul, how have you been? Welcome back to another episode. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Episode 19, we're on the the cusp of going into our 20s, which is uh, quite exciting. I presume you've got something special planned for the 20th episode. Um, I, I know I don't. <laughs> the 20s, we're, um, we're growing up. Yeah. Will we do something special for our 20s? I think we should definitely do something special for the 100th, um, maybe even the 50th, but yep. 20, maybe, I don't know. We'll, nah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. forget about it. We've got a, um, I understand we've got a Half Measures podcast board meeting on Tuesday, so maybe we could discuss it then. All right. I look forward to it. I look forward to meeting the board. Mm, me too. Meeting the, meeting the chair, meeting the social media manager. I've heard anyone so much who, about him. Anyone who contributes to this uh, the circus. <laughs> So um, so you've been well. You've been all right, surviving. Been really well. Yeah, I um have now acclimatized to you know taking the train into work a couple of times a week, and I've been using that time well. And I'll be talking about some of the things I've been watching on the train. The life that I lead, exciting as it is, does involve a lot of television and a lot of movies, and something a little bit different this week as well, which I'll maybe leave for a little later. Oh, I, I look forward to hearing about this. And how have you well, been, Dan? I'm. I'm very glad you asked, Paul. You know, this week I've made a, a promise to myself not to talk about the weather because, as you said last time, no one cares. <laughs> it is cold, though. Um, let me uh, let me just sort of set the scene for you. During um, during COVID, um, I entered this um, a, a Facebook 
and competition through the through the through the actually through the tattoo studio where I got my my Star Wars tattoo, and they were basically giving away vouchers. I think it was on May the fourth, and um, I won some vouchers um, through that competition for my Star Wars tattoo, which by default that they did. So I don't know. I felt like the mm-hmm. I felt like a, the the odds were good. So um. So today, Paul, I added a little piece of uh, artwork to my body that I want to reveal to you on the podcast. So you're going to have to um, describe this for the listeners, obviously, because we're not on video. So um, let me just show you something. It's fresh. It's still with a bit of plastic over the top of it. Oh, my goodness, mate. That I cannot believe. I See, I'm – okay, for the listeners, just quickly, Dan has got the Starship Enterprise – tattooed across his stomach and it is uh no it, it is in fact from one of your favorite movies dan uh the 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 oh my goodness hang on the i can see the jacket the scorpion jacket uh why is the title escaping me drive 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 you've got it you've there got it go. you've it's, got it it's uh, ryan gosling's character from drive and he's got that scorpion jacket which is as we've talked about on one of the previous pods one of the best jackets of all time that's amazing yeah, so it's a um, a piece of work I've been thinking about getting actually for a few years now. Um, and um, during during lockdown, actually booked it in, but it took this long to sort of finally get a booking. And I thought I'll reveal it on the podcast, to you Paul. That was just the reaction I was looking for. Just amazing. Just uh, I've, I've often thought if I had a tattoo, what might I get? So um, so that's a nice addition to your your Star Wars tattoo. I, I approve of that. That's a uh, it's very, very nicely done. The color is dark. Is, is it going to stay that color? Or is that just how it looks now? Um, it's um, it's a little bit red at the moment, obviously because mm. it's just been done. Uh, but it's it's basically just black and grey. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's probably it probably looks a little bit red to be honest. Maybe when it's healed up, we can put a photo on the on the gram for anyone that cares. Sounds um, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, Paul, I've been good. Um, I've been doing a, a bit of watching as well. Um, so why don't we jump on into what have you been watching this week? Okay, so a few things. Uh, the BFG, we're going to start there. So if you remember the Roald Dahl book from your childhood, um, this was a movie that um, we watched as a family, Steven Spielberg directing it, um, a John Williams score. Um Really fantastic production values. I thought going in it was just going to be an animated movie. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and it was way more impressive than I had anticipated. Um, a really good uh, voice cast for some of the giants, which obviously were obviously CGI, uh, including Bill Hader, Jermaine Clement, uh, Mark Rylance plays the um, the BFG himself. Um, it was just really well done. I. Uh, I know that we've got to that point now where you can't tell the difference between, you know, is that CGI? Is that, is that prosthetics? Whatever. It's, it's just incredible. Um, how well, particularly the BFG himself, the facial expressions that came through in that movie were really so authentic. It was just, just really shocking. Um, Penelope, Penelope Walton, uh, who we recently saw in afterlife, she plays the queen. So if you, uh, remember the story, from all those years ago, uh, the, Her Majesty, Her Majesty, as uh, the BFG refers to her, uh, the Queen, uh, Rebecca Hall, who I haven't seen for ages. Um, she was really good in The Town with Ben Affleck, and uh, I haven't seen her for a while, but she was in this movie. But the main star of the movie is a 12-year-old um, called Ruby Barnhill, 
and she's just so good and act, acting opposite what I presume was mainly a, a green screen or people wearing you know tennis balls and all the stuff they wear when the in the in the suit. Um, she does a really good job of you know imagining that the BFD is in front of her. We talked about this last week when I talked about um, Haley Steinfeld with Bumblebee. Really, really impressive. Um, she's she's the real deal. Um, so yeah, great fun, great story. Brought back some great memories. The kids loved it. You can't go wrong. So kudos to Diana because she found this one on Disney Plus. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a real real nice little movie to watch. Nice. Uh, the BFG is one of the the first books I ever remember reading at school, and it's always been one of those those childhood books that have, have stuck with me. Um, I haven't watched the movie myself, um, but yeah, it looks interesting. Was that so? Did you're watching it with the kids, or that's a romantic night? In yeah, for yeah. You so too, the whole, it, it was the whole family. Um, no, I'll tell you about what we watched for a night of romance in a minute. But uh, no, this was a family uh, family movement. Uh, movie and um yeah the kids ethan has read the book evie has not uh so at this point um that was certainly enjoyable for him it's kind of a a funny concept isn't it the the bfg like and obviously it's been a long time since i've read it um but the the concept of this old man with big ears blowing dreams into your into your head is kind of creepy when you think about it but when you put that aside still a great book there's a there's a number of things that just i think with some older books that just don't seem to be potentially as pc as they as they they were back there i mean we were talking about this off air the other day you know the mr men books you know some of the some of the language used in those books mr tickle sticking his hand into classrooms i mean there's just a number of things which just don't seem to be quite so i don't know the world's changed it's a shame there's there's quite a few good um um, movies, isn't it? Obviously, there's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but another one I, I I really enjoyed as a movie, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, is The Witches. Oh, Do you yes. remember that one? Yes, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. Well, actually, wait, is it called The Witches or is it called Matilda? Um, well, there's the there's two. There was The Witches um, and Matilda, wasn't it? Because we've got the set of books. I feel like I'm being tested now. I should know this better than I do. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway, good. Good quality stuff, quality entertainment. Um, so I started off with a positive. Um, unfortunately now, and this is something that, you know, I don't often like to do. This, I'm ga- this is out of character for you, Paul. Something I, negative. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some positive in this. Okay, so this next movie is a movie called Vanished uh, from 2011. Um, this one we found on Amazon Prime. And I thought when I, when I read the synopsis, um, I thought, well, this sounds pretty good. Diana loves a thriller. This sounds, you know, so this is, you know, uh, a woman who searches for many years to exact revenge on a kidnapper, a psychological thriller that examines how far a person would go if pushed to the extreme. And it's unfortunately possibly in the mixer for what both Diana and myself would say that could be the worst movie i've ever watched it's uh so let's start with the positive so the director worst movie i've ever watched eight out of ten <laughs> <laughs> no i if i was going to give this a number it would be under it would be under five i regret to say um 
the director, a guy called uh, Michael Wadante, he actually does a good job at directing. Uh, he has, he seems to have a good um, technique, the angles he uses, the cinematography of the movie. He does a, he does a good job with the budget he has as well. There are some sort of um, effects and things that um, he, he works in quite well. Um, he's written the movie as well, and the plot itself, whilst it's good, because that's what hooked us in, you know, that sort of um, the tagline. Whilst it's good, it's it's the writing that's just not quite there. So, um, it, like, it's not a Hollywood movie. It's an Australian movie. Um, so it's always nice to watch something different, you know, maybe not as mainstream, not as blockbuster. You know, that's how I found um, Astronaut, The Last Push, last week, um, just by looking at some movies that maybe aren't quite as... Um, famous as others and um you know I've, I've enjoyed a lot of australian movies in the past um you know just qualifying that before anyone thinks this is new zealand new zealanders hating on australian movies but the writing is just just not there the cast they're not household names and i don't think i need to name any names if i'm not going to say nice things but to be honest i wasn't really convinced by everyone shall we say um and so yeah, it had the it had the the bones of being a good movie, but in the end, it just like we got to a point where we were like, "There's half an hour left. Do we do we finish it?" And it's like, "Well, we're this far and we may as well. It's only an hour and a half." But yeah, so um, I don't think the social media manager needs to to um, post anything about this. But yeah, the vanished, not for me. Take a wide berth. The vanished. Uh- or, the, okay. or just just like just just vanished, not the vanished. Yeah, vanished. Oh, vanished. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Look, it doesn't ring any bells with me. Um, no comment. It's uh, what, yes, what it's, it's four four point three on IMDb. So I mean, I guess I'm not the only one who's thought maybe this isn't the greatest. So thing ever. on the guns akimbo scale, probably no guns. <laughs> no guns, no guns at all. You brought a knife to a gunfight here yeah um <laughs> bringing bringing it back up um we started watching a show on netflix called dark uh, have you seen this at all i am very interested in watching this tv show because i keep hearing rave reviews about every season and i know that the final season's just come out so i think it is going to be coming up very soon in my netflix watching so i haven't started it yet but interested okay okay so yeah so I had heard nothing about this show, but Diana had watched the first two seasons, and I didn't actually realise that this third season is the first. Whoa, 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 whoa! The, the, not the first two episodes, the first two seasons. Oh, I've watched the first hold two on, episodes. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give any spoilers because I've only watched two episodes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, so Diana had watched the first two seasons and was keen to watch season three, and she was like look, do you want to watch this with me? You know, just kind of like you with Homeland, does she want to go all the way back to the start? And so I've made her go back to the start and I've watched the first two episodes and I think I'm in. Um, but um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure if the genre is more supernatural than it is sci-fi. So I'm keen to see where that goes because I have to be honest, I'm not massive on supernatural type stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll find out as we go. I've heard that it's kind of got a bit of a Stranger Things vibe with a bit of time travel and stuff going on. Yeah, um, but that's that's about as much as I know. Yeah, so it's a yeah, it's a family family saga set in the German town. It is in German, so it is you know subtitled. Um, and yeah, 
couple of kids disappearing, um, the relationships between the families, and yeah, there is there is time travel involved. I've got that from the first two episodes. So, and just like vanished, um, I know none of the cast. Um, however, the standard here is really good. Um, I've never heard of the the writer director um, Baron Bo Oda either from Switzerland, but he seems really really talented based on the episodes I've seen. Um, so yeah, at this point. I'd go as far as saying I'd recommend anyone who's into these sort of crime, drama, mystery, bit of, you know, Stranger Things vibe movies, TV shows to give it a look. It has had over 200,000 votes, you know, on IMDb at 8.8. So it looks like it's definitely um, gone down well with the the viewers. So um, I guess I'll um, I'll keep going and, and I'll let you know. Yeah, it looks like uh, the season three has got it's got pretty good reviews for a season that apparently wraps it all up on IGN. It's got a, a nine out of ten, which is pretty good for a TV mm. show. So yeah, so Dak, um, two more things from me. Um, so another movie, uh, The Hot Potato, uh, once again, an Amazon Prime find. Uh, now. This is a nice little find. It's only an hour and a half long. So uh, I watched this by myself. And so an hour and a half is perfect for me because my morning train and my afternoon train together, is that's about an hour and a half. So that's a perfect perfect length for me. Um, and this is another um, East End London film. Um, so Ray Winston, uh, who appears to play himself in this movie as a you know, grizzled London geezer uh, based in 1969 on true events, uh, based on true events, based on real events, a um, couple of guys find a lump of uranium. Um, they don't know what it is. They try and cut it and, you know, all these stupid things that they're like trying to work out. What is this metal? Is it gold? Um, but when they work out that it's actually uranium, they then make their way across Europe to to try and find a buyer um, because, you know, it's a lot of money. It can be used to make, you know, bombs and the like. And um, it's 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 really good. Um, it uh, has a great supporting cast as well. Um, one of the supporting actors, Cole Meany, I really love from from Star Trek and from The Layer Cake. Great production. It looks really good. Great music. Um, it's got that. The music actually, if you're familiar with the TV, the cartoon series animated show Archer, it's got that kind of vibe going. So it's kind of that sort of feel to the whole thing. Um, there's a little bit of a feel of um like snatch or layer cake but with way more humor it actually scores pretty low and i'm actually wondering if that's because it maybe dips into the humor more than it needs to um i'm thinking if the if the director had gone with not a completely serious take but sort of like a a little more serious maybe like you know like a snatch type movie you know um it maybe it would have resonated a, a bit better I, I don't know but um yeah really enjoyable watch and um again i never heard of it and it just i just keep finding these movies especially on amazon prime which seems to be loaded with all kinds of movies and you know you get some hits and some misses this is a hit i'm intrigued on your process paul um as someone who's been watching breaking bad on the train to then all of a sudden think to yourself i'm going to give hot potato a go what was it just needed a change or that's what it is is sometimes there are days where Breaking Bad is just so good that um, I need to actually 
not just binge and watch the next one. I need to let those episodes sink in. And this is something that uh, I picked up from Norman Lau, the co-host of Mission Love Podcast. And he talks about how if you've got a really good episode of a TV show, let it marinate, let it sit there for a while. And it was actually, since you mentioned it, the episode that I watched was the one where Walter and Jesse were trapped in the RV and Hank has them surrounded and he's outside and they have to fake a phone call to to him that his wife is at the hospital and when he gets to the hospital she's not and they escape and it's it's possibly from memory one of the the, the best episodes of breaking bad and i just it, that's what it was it was i just wanted to to let that sit there before i just dive straight into the next one so um yeah so that's what happened there that's what my process is is sometimes i just think i, I need something just to just to let that sit for a while Nice. And so, anything else you've been watching, or is that your is that your list? Not my last one, because uh, I'm <laughs> conscious I've been talking for about three hours now. Um, is my movie of the week, um, and that is Johnny English Strikes Again. Now, I let me just say, you know, when you're watching stuff now as a as a celebrated podcast host, you watch stuff and you think, oh, this is going to be a great one to talk about with Dan. This is a great one, to, you know. I didn't expect this going in to be my movie of the week at all. We put it on on a Friday night, you know, to watch as a bit of a comedy to, to wind down the week with. But this is really funny. And I, I wonder, is it because I'm getting older and there's just a lot of dad humor in there? Or it's certainly way funnier than the previous two Johnny English movies. And I'd forgotten how long ago those, that was like 2003, 2011. Um Rowan Atkinson, obviously, as as Johnny English. It's the classic James Bond spoof. Um, ben Miller, who plays Boff, his sort of trusted sidekick, or you know, he's Pat, Pat Tanner, Pat Q, I guess, if you like, in the Bond world. You've got Olga Kurlenko, who um, herself, you know, she played a Bond girl in Quantum of Solace. Um, so she's back as kind of the Russian baddie Bond girl type who, you know, you know you're never sure whose side is she on emma thompson is the prime minister michael gamden um from harry potter is, is in there as well it's they're, they're all great but in all truth it's rowan atkinson of course that really is just so funny you know there's so much entertainment so much nostalgia and british throwaway humor every scene has just got great shenanigans there there's a scene in a French restaurant, um, an extended scene where he's in virtual reality, uh, which are just just hilariously done. Like I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect to see this from a John English movie that I thought was just going to be a, a cheap laugh. But every scene has got humour in it, um, and you know when you come out of a, a, a comedy and you feel, I don't know, almost tired because you've been laughing so much and just like it was just it was just great. So. Um, I I can't recommend this movie enough, and I now am in the whole. I hope they make another camp because, yeah, I'm I'm bored with Johnny English. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Nice. I haven't watched any of those movies myself. I'm I'm a really big Rowan Atkinson fan from the Blackheader days. Um, yeah. and it's a it's actually a TV show. I wouldn't mind rewatching. Actually, I imagine it's highly inappropriate. Um. I'm, I'm sure it's aged terribly, but I imagine it would be a, a good watch. Um, and I remember as a, and I think as a as a kid, uh, when Mr. Bean came out, my dad just loving that sort of humour. Yeah. And I feel like I've just never quite connected with the Johnny English, but I imagine if it was on TV, I'd probably quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think you would. And actually, just talking about Mr. Bean and, and Blackadder, Diana made the point 
But Rowan Atkinson, he just hasn't aged. And it's not it's that he looks young. He just looks, he looked this old back in the 80s and 90s. He's just always looked like this. It's just, it's just incredible. So uh, yeah, he's on good, he's on really good form. Yeah, awesome. And awesome. I think, Ben, that's, that's probably quite enough from me. So how about, how about you have the talking stick? <laughs> okay. So um, what have I been watching? So a continuation really of a, of a couple of shows still charging through um, Outrageous Fortune, which is the New Zealand TV show. We're, we're really hooked in. We're really enjoying it still. We are just about at the end of season three and there's, there's six seasons of that. And then there's a, a prequel series as well, which we'll probably end up watching, which we've, which I've never watched uh, called mm-hmm. Westside. Um, I've been watching a bit more of what we do in the shadows, which is still a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, um, nothing major to update on that. Um, I did watch your copy of Bumblebee actually over the last week after you talking about it last week. Um, so, so I definitely agree with you in terms of the, some of those uh, G1 scenes at the very start is some really awesome transformers. It's the, the the war for Cybertron sort of footage in there. So great, so great seeing some of those um, old school characters. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think the only thing I, I felt let me down in the movie is I wish that Bumblebee kept his voice box until the very mm. end of the movie. Um, I enjoyed it when Bumblebee was talking and it kind of brought him more to life for me. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. It was definitely better than some of the later Transformers movies. And so for me, it's probably that first movie in Bumblebee's probably the, the best of the of the latest movies, I would say. Look, really good call on the voice box because um, that's one thing I didn't mention when I talked about it is when Blitzwing rips it out of his throat so early in the movie and you know it's not coming back. It's uh, whilst that whole talking through the radio, talking through songs is mm. humorous at times, ultimately you could have done with just can, can he just talk please <laughs> the other thing which i think is interesting in um in the transformers movies and i think this this really played out in the in the bumblebee movie is the main decepticons are never anyone who's that known and and it's and it's almost like it makes you kind of not care about them because you know they're kind of throwaway characters which are ultimately mm-hmm. going to end up being destroyed throughout the movie um and i guess there isn't a huge variety of villains that they can kind of call on because they've got sort of got this universe they're trying to sort of build in and around um, but it it would have been awesome to have it as um, Bumblebee and Starscream or something and just sort of have them kind of play off against it or even Soundwave and, and have two classic G1 characters. Agreed. I would have loved it. 100% agree. So yeah, enjoyed that. It was, a, it was actually, I'll tell you what was kind of nice is because you lent me this movie on Blu-ray. It, it kind mm. of felt like a real, well, first of all, it felt like a chore having to get up off the couch and actually put a disc <laughs> into into the PlayStation. <laughs> but what was nice about it is it just was nice not having to download and not have to stream. And there was something about the the consistent quality and uninterrupted quality, which made it feel like a, a better and grounded experience and it actually made me reappreciate blu-rays look I, I i fully get what you're saying i don't buy as many blu-rays as I, as i used to um but for those movies like star wars like batman like transformers whatever you know the, the big thing I, I want to own um i still do and 
you're right. There is something about that consistency of quality. And what I'd really like is, and they did this for a while back, you know, maybe a decade ago, they had the ultraviolet copy. You had the digital copy that came with the disc. And for me, that was the ideal combo of being able to have a, a digital copy and the physical copy. Because, you know, if that physical copy gets scratched, um, you're in trouble. So and I don't mean you're in trouble. I just mean, I mean, you know, you're, you, you've lost it, right? If you scratch it, indeed, you are in indeed. trouble, just, just so you know. Indeed. Um, indeed. And I don't know why, yeah, when it will get to the point where I stop buying Blu-rays altogether, but there's something about owning a physical copy I like. It's interesting because, you know, with the, you know we were talking about the PlayStation 5 a couple of episodes ago, and there's going to be two different SKUs of the PlayStation 5. One which is going to be digital only, and then one with a, um, a disk drive in there. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm, I'm 100% going to go digital only. But after watching Bumblebee, it made me think, oh, actually, maybe... Maybe it is kind of nice to have um, the ability to play a disc every now and again because every now and again you have a friend like Paul now who's like, hey, I just picked up this movie in the bargain bin. It's called Hot Potato. You might want to check it out. And, uh, you know, not being That's able right. to play that would be a, a real hassle. So, so yeah. It's so true, I, and I, I know people. I know. You know people? Have DVD players or Blu-ray players. <laughs> I know people. I, just, I know people who sometimes <laughs> – say oh where can i watch that movie and i say i've got it on blu-ray if you want to borrow it and they look at me like how do i play a blu-ray and i just want to walk away and you know just i can't believe they've said that but there we go it is funny isn't it because they're so um it's getting harder and harder to sort of play physical media um we brought um uh, push bikes uh last weekend and them they come with a manual and they come with a, a cd as well and it was like and me and samara both laughed at like where we put in the cd like there's literally nowhere like our macbooks don't have cd players like, i don't know where i'm putting it there's no use for it and and also i'd probably just google what i was looking for anyway google a manual <laughs> i'm not sure even what would be on that cd so <sighs> interesting times i don't know if it's me who's out of touch or you or, or maybe both of us but i haven't heard anyone since my dad referred to a bicycle as a push bike so i really enjoy, i really enjoyed that by the way i think um i think i i don't know why i chose push bike but there was a split second in my mind where i thought i don't want to say bikes because i don't want to apply motorbikes though i'd love to buy always love to buy a motorbike um so i thought oh, i'll say push bikes and i thought bicycle sounds a bit too but too naff push bikes here we go here we go my son Amazing. um <clears throat> so then I've obviously still been playing more of The Last of Us Part 2, still really enjoying that game, um, really solid. I maybe in a, probably not quite next episode, maybe maybe in a couple of episodes it would be good to sort of, more people would have finished it by then, but have, talk a bit more about the story because it's, it's, it's done some really interesting things. Um, um, but yeah, look, highly, highly, highly enjoying that. And I, my movie of the week, Paul, I don't know if this is the thing that we're bringing in, but my movie of the week that I watched, which um, came up on Netflix this week, is Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Have you heard of it? Yes, I've heard of it. And can I quickly say before you start that as soon as I saw it come up on my on TV screen on Netflix, I said out loud, Dan's going to be watching that. He's going to love it. And here we are. I, I feel like I'm a bit of a clairvoyant i predict the future yeah so it's i didn't watch it straight away I, in fact I, i've only just watched it today um and i i guess one of the things 
you, you may know this about me from if you listen to all of the episodes of the pod. One of my favourite comedy movies of all time is Step Brothers. Um, and so any time there's a movie with, um, with Will Ferrell in it, I always think to myself, is this going to be the next Step Brothers? And every time when I go on with that mindset, I don't do it to yourself because it's not going to be the next Step Brothers. But I actually really enjoyed this movie. So this movie... Um, I don't know if you got have you got any interest in watching it or is it is it on your list or yeah, okay. oh, I, I, I don't mind about spoilers it's, it's not going to bother me so go for gold I, I won't go too deep but basically so it's it's a it's a kind of uh, it, it's not really a I don't know if I call it a comedy like it's like like it is a comedy but it's also kind of a, a bit of a it's kind of mocking the whole Eurovision song um, contest it's um, kind of mocking the the performance of it it is funny not necessarily like laugh out loud constantly but it's got it's got some good moments in it the production quality is pretty awesome um and it's definitely got that over the top um Will Ferrell in a whole bunch of different lycra suits singing um Icelandic sort of power ballads um, with angel wings and all sorts of things going on. Um, it's obviously got Rachel McAdams in it as well, and like they've just got they've got great on screen chemistry. The costume design is is on point. The story is like it's like it's good. Like it's not a movie. I don't think anyone should like rush out and watch. But I enjoyed it. You don't go into it thinking you're going to be laughing nonstop. It's it's not serious is probably the wrong word but it's not I'm not quite sure what genre it's sort of going for um I see on Rotten Tomatoes it's it's down as a comedy it's I don't know if I call it a comedy but it's definitely a fun watch there's some good um extra characters in there like um Demi Lovato's in there and Pierce Brosnan's in there and they, they all play such great roles I just I just spotted Pierce Brosnan and I haven't watched any of those uh well, they Mamma Mia movies because I, I cannot handle the thought of seeing James Bond singing. So tell me now, does Pierce Brosnan sing in this movie? No. So he he plays okay. um, uh, Will's dad, and he's basically the the disapproving. So so Will Ferrell sort of as a as a kid um, sees the Eurovision on TV, and basically that becomes his last his last passion, as with his childhood friend um, Rachel McAdams, and the dad is kind of a a stoic fisherman who doesn't approve of this sort of life of glamour and singing and, and ridiculousness. Um, and so he's, he's, he plays the role of the constantly annoyed father throughout the, okay. throughout the movie. That, that I can handle. That I can handle. And I see Dan Stevens is in it as well. I like Dan Stevens. So, and Graham Norton plays himself. So I'm beginning to think I might have to watch this. Yeah, look, I think it's a movie you could check on on a Friday night, um, a bit of a wind-down movie. I think keep your expectations sort of at that, at that mediocre level um, and you'll, you'll probably have a good time. It, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a, a critic review of 62%, but the audience score is actually 80%. Mm. Um, and I was reading a few articles about it and it's definitely a, a appreciated more by, um, by the casual watchers and the fans. And I think in New Zealand, it might even be in the – might be the number two in the – you know, they're the top 10 now. So that's, it's, that's, that's how I saw it, I think, yeah. It's up there. It's up there. Look, with a watch. 
Nice, nice find. And I, I find the idea of Pez Brosnan playing Will Ferrell's dad confusing because for me, Pez Brosnan just feels like he should be 50. And, and I always think, well, Will Ferrell must be close to 50. But I'm just forgetting that time just keeps marching on. And, um, you know, Pierce Brosnan isn't 50 anymore, you know. He, he's like 70, and it's just incredible. Yeah. And look, and I think, you know, Will Ferrell's one of those characters. Like, he he doesn't really play an age. He plays a character, mm. and he plays the character you would inspect this, someone who's completely obsessed with um, becoming this Eurovision star. Um He's not. He's not the. You know, he often plays a bit of the the bumbling, bumbling sort of idiot, or sort of the you know really sort of that um, almost sort of dick joke type humor. Mm. It's it's less of that. Um, there is a bit of it, but like there's less of it than some of the other other movies. So I think it's a good time. Good, good. So um, <clears throat> yeah, that's probably about all I've been watching. Should we move on to a bit of industry news? Why not? I've got a couple of little bits and pieces in there um, that I've picked up on this week. One of them you touched on when you were giving your Bumblebee review. You touched on the the scenes in that movie um, from the War for Cybertron and the Transformers War for Cybertron uh, animated show is coming to Netflix. Uh, that's 30 July. Uh, thank you to another regular listener at White Star Prime, uh, Ash bringing this one to our attention it looks awesome have you seen the trailer i have not seen the trailer okay well that's something we're going to write before this day is out because i think once you've seen it you'll be on board it, it looks they've put it looks like they've put a lot of thought into what the transformers look like in this it looks really good production the fact that it's coming to netflix gives me that sort of good feeling that it's going to have those high production values so um Look, we need another Transformers animated show because there's only about 17 of them so far, I think. So, uh, um, yeah, that was that was one piece of news I saw this week. I'm just looking at the, the trailer now, and I think the one thing that excites me about a, a War for Cybertron, and I know that much like these 10 million different cartoon versions of the Transformers or animated shows, there's a million different toys, but, you know, another toy line with G1 – Sign me up. I'm interested. That's right. Um, And in fact, it is the War for Cybertron series that I have been, um, well, I I say I have been purchasing. It's really my six-year-old daughter. She's she's the one who's really been driving these purchases. That's why I'm placing the blame anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's quite uh, exciting. Um, What else have you got down there? Oh, no, I was just wondering, so are those... Are those War for Cybertron toys the toys that are based on this upcoming series? Are they or unknown? okay? Well, I, the the set the series uh, are called War for Cybertron, and they're Siege and Earthrise because it's part of a trilogy. So yes, I think these are based on the Siege, um, the Siege setting, which is on Cybertron, whereas the Earthrise is obviously when they're on Earth. So the, the the actual ones I've got are mainly Earthrise, but we have got a couple of Siege characters, such as uh, we've got Megatron and Sandwave. Um, Megatron arrived this week via Fishpond, so that was a highlight of the week. You know, you know when you've gone to Fishpond, you've been desperate because no one else sells it, right? Not, not sponsors of this episode. <laughs> not at all. But they could no. be. But they could be. They could yeah, be. We'll, we'll, we'll get in touch. Um, yeah. Another trailer I saw this week uh, was *Handmaid's Tale* season four. Um, yeah, teaser trailer. 
looks really good. Um, I won't give any spoilers, um, but I can't wait. Although, actually, having said that, I will have to wait because it's not coming out till 2021. So, um, look, I guess that's COVID-19 for you. Um, but they've obviously got enough footage at this point to to be able to put a, a trailer together. Um, but we're going to have to wait for that. And I know that's a show that both you and I both had in our top 10 TV shows for 2019. What I can tell you is they, it won't appear in our top 10 shows for 2020 because, yeah, it's not out till next year. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Um, I guess you're right, though. There's so many... We've already seen it with movies, and there's so many um, productions which are still on hiatus or on hold. Um, and so it's going to be – I feel like we're going to be in for a bit of a drought. And I saw uh, – I think it might be – I've been a bit of news from Sony where they're actually predicting um, a bit more of a rise in animated films and you know bringing, bringing that content in a, in a slightly different media, particularly with how um, popular and how well-received – um, the Spider-Verse movie was. So mm. we, we could expect more of that before we get some of our, our favourite TV shows and movies back. Agreed. A um, couple of other things I've got quickly. Um, there's a, a show called The Broken and the Bad, which is coming out. And this is of interest to both you and I because it's hosted by Gus Fring himself, Giancarlo Esposito. I'm not sure if you've heard about this one, Dan. I have heard a little bit, but not much. Go on, tell me more. Yeah, so it's um, uh, it's a documentary um, or docu series exploring some of the best moments um, from the series. Um, it's look, I, I don't know too much about it at this point, but I know that it's also going to dive into um, Better Call Saul just as well as it will Breaking Bad. Um, but yeah, having Giancarlo host it and knowing how much we love both these TV shows, I just figure it's going to be on our, on our watch list for sure. So um, another one for us to look forward to. And the last two things, uh, Adam Christopher, uh, who is a New Zealand author, he has been announced by Lucasfilm this week uh, that he'll be the first to bring The Mandalorian to the Star Wars book series. Um, and you know I love a, a canon Star Wars novel, so... I love Mando. This will be a day one purchase for me, uh, a new Star Wars novel about Mandalorian. Pretty exciting and pretty cool. We've got a New Zealand author leading the way. Maybe we'll get him on the pod, you know. That's one of exactly us probably what, knows him. That's, that's what I'm thinking. It's just two degrees of separation in New Zealand for that's those right, of you who don't That's right. That's right. Um, and then my final thing uh, is not really that important but i loved it when i saw it they're making a lego seinfeld set to celebrate the 30th anniversary and how awesome is that um and what's also awesome about it keeping it australasian is it's based on a submission from a guy from brisbane uh and he's a pretty talented guy because he had another lego idea that got approved a couple of years back which was the the ghostbusters set um what are, you know i mean dan what are we doing we both like lego we're both creative why are we not coming up with lego ideas and getting them approved by lego I've probably put more thought into this than um, you're maybe expecting, but I think somewhere maybe around the age of 12 or 13, my ability to actually create with Lego died, and I can now only follow instructions. <laughs> and if I had a if I had a whole a whole box of Lego in front of me, 
I would probably really struggle to just think about making something. But as a kid, that's all I did every day. Yeah. I made X-Wings. I made um, different vehicles for my G.I. Joes. I made bases. I made dinosaurs. And I it, I don't know what – obviously, as an adult, I still purchase a lot of Lego. Mm. But it's I, I purchase it purely for making off the instructions. And, yeah, yeah so, look – there's some pretty cool sets out there on that that whole um, Lego ideas universe where people, like fans, submit different ideas and they get voted on and they go through that whole Lego process. It's really fascinating. It's a, I don't know if it's a website you've ever taken a look at, but there's some pretty cool things that people have come up with. Yep. So I think the other one that got approved was a typewriter and something else which escapes me now. But yeah, some, some pretty cool submissions didn't make it and you've got to feel pretty sorry for them because those people put a lot of effort in um, what's um so. what's normally cool about the like a, a seinfeld set is there's normally lots of um particularly where they have a, a room there's not lots of little fan nods in there like they, that mm. with the they've done a, a friends um coffee Correct. set there's lots of little um easter eggs in there i've seen through the ideas process there's been several submissions for um the office and the whole sort of office layout that looks really cool um i'm not sure whether anyone's sort of made it completely through the process yet but i imagine a, a seinfeld set's going to have a whole bunch of cool little um quirks and interesting things going on in the in the in the scene it sounds like the perfect birthday present for me if anyone who knows me who might be related to me is listening. Does anyone listen? Who knows? Know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I, I can okay. tell you that some people do listen when we go into the mailbag, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what you've got in your newsroom. All right. All right. I've got a bit of a, a mixed bag of um, things from from the wonderful um, internet. So the first one um, that I just wanted to talk about is, um, and look, this is probably, look, I'm already mad about it. Uh, It's probably going to be incorrect. This is um, an article on Screen Rant, actually, that talks about um, the new Game of Thrones book, Winds of Winter, which um, has been due to come out for a very, very long time. George R. R. Martin um, said that he was originally going to have this book finished before the end of Game of Thrones. That that finished last year. Um, this book's been honestly talked about for such a long time. The the last book that he actually put out was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this book's been a long time coming. And I think this is the book that a lot of Game of Thrones fans are hoping will start to right the wrongs of Nate. And so this article basically talks about the, obviously with um, COVID, um, there's been a bit more time to kind of put, put into the book. I know that George puts like a lot of work into these books and he's aiming for a 2021 release date. I'm holding on to that, hoping that it's real. In reality, I've been let down a lot of times, so who knows whether that's actually going to come true. But look, if it comes out in 2021, I'll be pretty stoked. And let's hope it's better than uh, season eight for you, because I know there's still some, some memories there. Definitely the... The um the winter winds still still haunt me. Um, the other bit of news that I've got is um, about Curb Your Enthusiasm. So is that a show that you've watched at all? I watched a couple of episodes of it and never actually watched the whole thing. And I I feel like I want to because I feel like it's something that I would naturally find funny. Yeah. So it's um obviously Larry David um created 
um, Seinfeld with, with, with Seinfeld. We, we're getting peak Seinfeld again. Um, and so it's just been renewed at HBO for season 11, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's a, a, I've seen a few random episodes and I, I, I'm a bit like you. I feel like it's something I probably actually should sit down and watch properly because I feel like being a Seinfeld fan, this feels like a, a continuation of that universe. And I know that some of those um, Seinfeld characters come into, um, into the curb world so that's pretty interesting it's quite interesting the way they make um each episode for curb your enthusiasm where so basically they have a larry davis sort of sets a, an outline for the for the story but they don't actually have scripts and it's all kind of um just ad-libbed and they kind of like try different things and it's mm. they kind of know where they're hitting as characters but it's all it's a it's a fascinating model so very interesting season, Season 11, um, so I guess that'll be coming out potentially next year. Um, right. Yeah, I, I imagine like all things. Um, so season 11 tells you that it's got to be you know pretty good quality as well, eh? Yeah, definitely. Look, and it's got a huge fan fan following as well. So, and the few episodes I have seen, I have I have really enjoyed. Um, I think it's it's a little bit more cringier than Seinfeld, and I think that's what makes it maybe a little bit of a slightly higher bar to get into. But mm. I think it will still be quality. Nice. Um, the other bit of news that I was, I was reading about was actually about Lost. So we're both um, Lost fans. And this was actually an article around how originally um, Damon Lindoff, am I saying that right? Lindoff? 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 Lindoff, I think. Yeah. Lindelof. We know what we mean. We know what we mean. Um, originally, we only wanted to make it a, a three season show. Um, and originally was wanting to sort of wrap it up a, a lot sooner um, than obviously what happened. And this article sort of actually goes on to talk in a bit of detail about how um, ABC actually wanted to make it a 10 season show. And um, basically just sort of the, the tension of the, there's only so much sort of backstories and stuff we can do for these characters. We don't want to drag it on uh, too long and knowing just how controversial um, Lost mm-hmm. is when it finished at season six. Mm-hmm. Um just, just interesting, and I think just I think on some of our other conversations that we've been having around, it's really good with a show like um, Breaking Bad or Better Call Soul, or um, where they know exactly they're they're really clear up front about this is the start, middle, and end of the show, and this is how many seasons I want. And I think obviously Lost was at a at kind of the dawn of a new type of television, and so obviously studios sort of wanting slightly different things. But I think if you, if you were to repitch Lost today, they would it would be much easier for them, obviously, to be like, "Yep, this is going to be three seasons. This is all four seasons. This is where we're going to go with it." Yeah. And these these are sort of some of the the big answers. I, so, when, yeah, you, when, that, when you said you had Lost, when you started with Lost, I was like, I thought you were going to announce like a sequel or a prequel. And I think my immediate thought was, I cannot believe there's any more story to tell. And it's interesting then what you just said actually sort of played right into what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So look, I'm look, I'm still a big Lost fan. Um, Great show. It's a, it, it's a show that um, I, could, I could watch it again, actually. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. But it's this, there's only so many things you can rewatch at a time, you know. We've all got big backlogs. So don't talk to me about it. <clears throat> um, okay, so next bit of news, a bit more um, current news. So Ozark um, season four has been um, 
has been renewed for season four, and season four is going to be the final season of the show. So Ozark is a, a Netflix original, and with season four, they're actually going to split it into two parts, so two seven-episode parts, so 14 episodes for the final season. I'm pretty hyped. I know you haven't watched Ozark yourself, but it's it's a, it's a top-tier TV show for me, and I put it in the same category as, as your Breaking Bad, so... Um, I would encourage you to watch it before season four comes out, which, again, I imagine is not going to be until probably late next year. Mm, okay, you, you've you've given that a real good sell there. When you when you mention words like better and cool and soul in the same sentence and same quality, that's a, that's a call to that's a call to action for me to perhaps go and check out some of those earlier seasons. Yeah, so you can watch all three seasons at the moment on um, Netflix, and they're ten episodes per season. Um, and each each episode's like really solid. Um, each I think each season gets better off the show as well. So, look if you're ever looking for a great um, thriller, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Ozark, check it out. And it, okay. I, I I like it when I know that next season's going to be the final one. They've obviously thought long and hard about how many episodes that's going to be. It needs to be slightly longer than normal. I feel like they've got a plan. I'm going to green light that. Approved. Okay. All right. Well, look, Diana runs the, the viewing schedule roster in this house, and I am a contributor to that. So She's probably already watched it. Yeah, she's probably six seasons in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, get it on the list. Get it on the list. So um, two more bits of news for me, uh, just quickly. So um, one is The Boys Season 2. So this is another one of my – it was one of my top TV shows for 2019. So The Boys is the Amazon TV show about – it's based on a graphic novel about the superheroes and kind of the mm. what actually happens in the world with superheroes. So The Boys – Season 2 is um, coming out on September the 4th, um, and I think what's what's interesting with this is after our conversation a couple of episodes ago about different release models. So they're going to release the first three episodes at, at launch, and then it's going to be, they're going to switch to weekly after that. So you'll get roughly three hours of content, and then you're on, you're on the weekly, weekly plan. I really like that. I've seen um, other networks do that. Um, CBS did, did that with All Access with um, Star Trek Discovery. And it's a way to get people a chance to say, am I going to be into this without having to wait another week? And I, I think that I, I know there's lots of different models, but that's one that really works for me. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's it's good. I think I. I I think I, I was quite, you know, when we've talked about Walking Dead before, I've been like, just give it to me all at once. And mm. um, I think there's some shows where you want it all at once, some shows where you need to kind of think about it, some shows where it actually keeps the conversation going longer. And I think I've kind of shifted my stance on it a little bit. Um, and that it, you, you really do need to consider what type of show you've got and what type of, like, are they episodes that you want your audience to sit with? Or if you really want to keep the conversation going longer, even shows like The Mandalorian, it's mm-hmm. much easier to do over 10 weeks than it is to do over a weekend. And then basically all of the, all of the news is sucked up in two weeks and no one's talking about your show anymore. Correct. Interesting. Very, very interesting. One final bit of news. Well, I don't know if it's really news, um, but I want to get your opinion on something. So um, I was reading an article talking about Walking Dead. Um, so David um, Morrissey, who plays the the governor in Walking Dead, 
he thinks the governor could beat no. Negan and Alpha. And I, I want to know what you think about that. I, I saw that article as well. I didn't, I, I have to be honest, I'll tell you what I think about it. The answer is I didn't read the article because as soon as I saw that, I was like, Morrissey, what are you on about? You haven't got a clue. Alpha is an absolute psycho. She's crazy. All right. She, she is proper crazy. And I, I think she would kill both Negan and uh, the governor. I'm actually surprised when Negan and Alpha got together that she didn't end up killing him as opposed to what actually happened on screen, which we, we shall never talk about again. Um, I, I love the governor. Um, there was something about, I love David Morrissey as an actor. I love the voice he brought to that character, but if I actually put all three of them in like a, you know, a, a WWF wrestling ring, Alpha's going to kill them both as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I didn't read the article either, but I thought that the headline was, I thought, interesting enough for a conversation. I agree with you. I think that um, Alpha would eat all of the, both of those guys for breakfast um, and probably do other horrible things to them as well. I thought that, because um, when you think about the governor, depending on what angle you look at this, you know, I know that he did some bad things, particularly in the comics, he did some very bad things. Okay. Um, but he's potentially on, on the TV series front, he's almost kind of the opposite vision of Rick, right? Like he's kind of got his own community. He's trying to keep them safe. Um, Rick's people are kind of, you know, like, you know, you could mm. kind of look at the story from slightly different angles. Um, look, I think really the, the only person really to, to beat Alpha for me is Rick pre-season six, you know, yeah. no one, yeah. messes, no one messes, messes with, with um, old school Rick Grimes. What's interesting, having said how much I love the governor and Alpha would kill them both, actually, of the three, I still find and have found Negan to be the most compelling villain to watch. And I think, again, that's probably down to Jeffrey Dean Morgan as an actor, just being so, so great to watch with you know his laughter. That smile is just delicious. The whistle. I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe I should yeah. go read this article. Maybe I should go read it after all. Yeah, I think if we are talking um, Negan with all of his crew being I am Negan, I think that's a it's mm. a much tougher tougher version of um, Negan versus the the Negan that we're currently watching in the later season of Walking Dead with the much more sort of rounded edges and a little bit more empathy and a bit more caring of um, his fellow sort of group members as a as a, as a different type. Um, but okay. look, I, I still think Rick, Rick, Rick Grimes is probably still the, the toughest of all of them. So, look, get them in a, in a Royal Rumble. I'd love to see it. Let's see what goes down. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, yeah, that's about all the news I've got um, this week. Paul um, and I understand you've got a, a bit of a book review you want to share with us. Let me just uh, put my glasses on and my, put an apple on the desk. I, I do indeed. I, I do indeed. I've got that, and I've also got uh, bits and pieces from the mailbag. So, what do you what do you want first? Oh, I'm a God. I'm a terrible host. I want the mailbag first. <laughs> I thought you were the host with the most. No, I'm not. I'm clearly not. I've, I've lost my way for the um for the the listeners. Hopefully, you can't tell because of our, our seamless audio editing. But we just cut out, and it really just threw my rhythm, you know. But anyway, mailbag. What do you got for me, Paul? So. Um, so we've actually had a lot of people visiting our website and our, our podcast page um, via our social media channels this week. Um, so our Fast and the Furious tweet um, 
that got a like from the Fast Family official Twitter account. So we got a lot of Fast and Furious fan interaction, um, particularly some Vin Diesel fans. Um, that was exciting as a, as a huge fan. You know, I was on board with that. The, you mentioned last week that you were possibly considering watching Cobra Kai. Well, we got six tweets recommending that show to you, Dan. Uh, Brianna, Alexander, Christy, Howard, Janine. Um, comments such as, fantastic show, it's a very good show, a good show for a podcast to cover because the different points of view and grey morality make it interesting for discussion. Uh, Cobra Kai is the sequel series you never knew you wanted. Um, and we also picked up a light uh, sorry, I like from the writer director of Cobra Kai, um, John Hurwitz. So I, I feel now that we're we're committed to at least uh, one of us watching that show. Look, I'm uh, I'm all over it. I don't think it's going to be on Netflix for another couple of months, but when it does come out, I'll be there. I'm a big Karate Kid fan. It's one of my uh, favorite '80s movies. I I can't watch that movie and not practice my karate moves afterwards. So. <laughs> Great. It's a it's a real shame. This is an audio only podcast, is all I can say to that. Um, or maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. Um, look, we've also picked up some listeners via our, our good friends over at Mission Log uh, and Roddenberry dot com, uh, who who frequently retweet our podcast po- posts. So that's been great um, to have people who listen to their podcasts are now tuning in to hear us and to hear you say things like "beam me up, Ziggy." So that's that's just fantastic. Um, but probably the highlight of the week's mailbag activity this week um, was with regards to our post that we put out um, about last week's movie, um, The uh, Astronaut, The Last Push. Um, so that picked up a lot of traffic, and we had a series of six tweets, replies, and retweets, all from the writer and director of the movie, um, Eric Hayden. He was really genuine in his comments online. Um, he also said he'll be listening to our podcast. He's also following us on Twitter, which is nice. Um, the producer of the movie, uh, AJ Rotano, he's also worked on Deadwood the movie, Spider-Man, Terminator 3, Designated Survivor, Agents of Shields, and also a certain movie um, starring The Rock with the word fast in the title. Um, he also sent out a separate tweet thanking us for our shout out on the podcast. He's now following us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so, you know, I think uh, it's fair to say, you know, we're becoming pretty Hollywood. Um, and it was also really nice to get a retweet and a comment from from Kerry Payton. He's the star of the movie. Uh, we know him as Ezekiel, the king from The Walking Dead. Um, and he also thanked us for watching and he added that he's really proud of the movie. So, you know, Three po- these posts from the writer, director, producer, and star basically created a whole flurry of comments and general positivity about the movie, and um, it clearly made the director's day because he then added us as a friend on Facebook from his personal account. So that now makes us officially connected to Hollywood. So I guess we can introduce a subscription subscription fee to this podcast now. Um, but you know, for me, I've said this before; it's all about that positivity about you know being able to watch stuff and then being able to say thanks and it genuinely gives me a, a really warm fuzzy feeling inside so yeah I, that was great I, th- I think it's um look it's great it's great to i think be able to i think one of the things that's unique about the half measures podcast is every week I literally have no idea whether we're going to be talking about a 2020 <laughs> hit or a 1973 Star Trek um, cartoon or a 
Rotten Tomato, 25% movie from 2011. And I I love the variety. And I think it's, um, hopefully the, the listeners enjoy it too. And I think, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Like it's, if you've enjoyed something, it's good to be able to give a shout out because, you know, some of these um, directors, actors have gone on to make some pretty awesome things. Um, and some of the early work probably gets a little bit unrecognized. So look, good work, Paul. I appreciate your positivity. Thank you, Dan. And what I appreciate, and I don't think you realize you just did this unless you've got it on your screen and you're just trying to really play mind games with me. But when you said uh, a Star Trek TV animated show from 1973, 1973 is the year that the Star Trek animated series was in fact released. So I think, either, like I said, either you're messing with me or somewhere it's actually sunk into your your, your subconscious or your unconscious. It's because you talk to me about Star Trek every single week. I, I'm starting to see it everywhere I look. I see it pop up on websites all over the place. Look, one day I'm going to come on this podcast and I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about what I've been watching and I'm going to I'm going to blow you away with uh, my Star Wars trivia facts. Look, I, I know it's been me up, Scotty, but I also know your triggers. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, okay, well, I look forward to that day when you come on the podcast and, and you're like, well, this week, Paul, I've been watching Deep Space Nine. You know, I'm going to be, it's going to be an, an amazing day. Um, do you, shall I go into my, shall I put, should we get our glasses on and start talking books? Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got for me? Okay. So last week you you talked um, about uh, uh, about gaming uh, with the, the Last of Us Part Two, and you have again this week. And so I thought, you know, what can I bring to a table that isn't TV or movie? And when I thought about what am I doing when I'm not working or being a husband or a dad, it's mainly eating or sleeping. But as you know, I do love a canon Star Wars novel. Um, So I thought I'd give you and the listeners a bit of a taste of what it's like to be sat next to me when I'm at book club. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah. People still do that, don't they? Isn't it? You know, book book clubs that's a, that's i'm sure thing, they do i'm sure they do yeah um so the book i want to uh talk about and i'll be i'll be brief uh is uh, star wars inferno squad um so this is a movie uh that's set right at the end of uh an, a new hope um but instead of seeing the medals being handed out to the the heroes of the movie um we actually we stay with the empire and we see severe depression amongst the troops. We see mourning. We see imperials that are left behind having to deal with the death of thousands of their colleagues. You know, they've lost real people in their eyes, right? And so from their perspective, this is a blatant terrorist attack. And when you read it, when you read this book, and of course it's presented in a neutral tone, it's uh, it's, it's really quite interesting. So, um, yeah, so... The Empire wants revenge, um, and so that revenge starts with a group of uh, elite tr- uh, I don't know, troopers called uh, Inferno Squad, and they're out to hurt the rebels however they can. Um, and what makes it interesting is that they truly believe in the Empire, and that's what makes this book so compelling. You know, They're loyal to the cause. They have their own individual personalities and feelings and, and a bit of a sense of humor. Um, and so you follow these guys, on their mission and what it does really well is it it kind of it does something that isn't i've never really experienced before and the author um christy golden she's really clever here um she makes you have empathy for the empire 
which I think sounds like a, a great name for like a a book or, or 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 an album or I don't know, just empathy for the empire. That's what it's about. So you, you sort of you you sort of understand what they're doing. You understand their reasons. You never feel quite comfortable with what the rebels are doing either. Um, and yeah, so it follows in the footsteps of these four people um, who are out to hurt the uh, hurt the rebels um, and. Along the way, we get to learn about um, what Coruscant's like um, post the Senate disillusion, because previously we've only really been exposed to Coruscant, you know, before the Dark Times. We get to hear about events uh, from Rogue One and A New Hope being described as uh, by Imperials as seamless events, which is is, is really nice as well. Um, Imperial characters likening being posted on Scarif as being on a working holiday because it's you know it looks a bit like Hawaii. There's there's some, there's some great moments throughout it. Um, I don't want to go into the the plot beyond the fact that these guys are out for revenge because um, you never know someone out there could be listening wanting to read this book. But um, it's there's a lot of suspense, a lot of anxiety. Um, we're used to experiencing the tension from a rebel perspective. So if you think about Han and Luke sneaking around the Death Star dressed up as stormtroopers or Cassian and Jin undercover at, um, uh, where were they? The Citadel. Um, so this is sort of the, the, the reverse of that and actually sort of seeing that tension as an Imperial. Um, it's a bit, yeah, it's uncharted territory for me. So um, yeah, you get a, you get an Imperial perspective on the destruction of the Death Star, which is just awesome. Um, there's a really good um tension and stress to sort of like the undercover mission of this this whole story you also get characters from some of the video games like battlefront 2 um which is a real direct time with this book but um, really adds some value for me and yeah those those tie-ins with rogue one and the new hope bring those two movies together so um this is one of the strongest star wars novels that i've read and i do own them all as is my way um and i give this a full five stars so i thought i'd uh yeah just bring a bit of a book review into the podcast so there you have it oh that's awesome i um that's really interesting i think to have stories from different perspectives um we're so used to in the star wars universe having the um having the rebel um slash hero sort of point of view and i don't know there's a there's a reddit thread i don't know which um you could be interested in called the um it's called the empire did nothing wrong and I think it's all kind of you know from the point of view that actually the the rebels are actually the ones that are you know as we've seen exactly. causing trouble across the the galaxy. And I think it's um you know we're we're not a very political podcast, but I think it's it's interesting I think to explore those we could be anything further from um, interesting to explore different perspectives and so many untold stories and i think that sounds like an interesting book is it is it a book that anyone could just jump into or is it a book that needs to be considered in a in a wider series i think so long as you have watched the original star wars movie um that would almost possibly be enough because it's set directly after that um if you've seen rogue one as well that would probably be helpful but yeah realistically you just need to know and it even sets the scene because it starts with the destruction of the, of, of the death star being viewed from a tie fighter pilot's perspective so so even if you were completely new to this universe which i doubt anyone is anymore um i think you'd still get some things out of this movie but um the more you've watched the more tv show uh, you know the more rebels you've seen or anything like that um the more you'll get out of this story Awesome. Awesome. Well, now that's, that's good, Paul. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your review. 
Um, so that probably just about brings us to the the end of a another episode of the Half Measures podcast. Um, a bit more of a, a general episode for us this week. Um, covered quite a bit of news, quite a bit of what we've been watching. Uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, um, you can reach out to us uh, on Twitter at Half Measures Pod. Um, we're also on uh, Instagram at Half Measures Podcast. Um, where you can come to our website halfmeasurespodcast.com come and have a chat to us on our new discord server all of the information is in the show notes uh, but we'd love to hear from you we're on all the platforms you can find us anywhere we're anywhere. even on tumblr even on tumblr does tumblr still exist obviously it I does we're it's, there the social media manager is still using it so apparently we're there nice nice oh well any final thoughts from you paul No, not at all, except to say thanks for listening once again and take care. Have a great one, everyone. Adios.